0: You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Or well, you've come to the right place, because it's time to win with dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit... Stay, and get ready to win with dogs with me, Raquel Wynn. Welcome to another exciting episode of Win With Dogs. I'm your host, Raquel, and I want to thank you for joining us here on Pet Life Radio. I'm super, super pumped about today's show. It's doggy body language and how to discern what our dogs are trying to convey with their nonverbal communication. And we know that dogs communicate with their ears, their tails, mouths, fur, eyes, and more. If only we humans would pay attention. (laughs) Well, today, we're going to try to learn how to pay attention, what to pay attention to. Here to chat, Doggy Demeanor, is a very special guest, Kat Martin. And we are sure lucky to have Kat here in Nashville Um, where Kat is a dog trainer and behavior counselor, a dog-friendly, positive dog trainer, and dog behavior counselor based here. Her training company, Dogs and Cat, offers group classes, private lessons, and behavioral counseling. Kat has a degree in psychology, which really helps her with this doggy body language, I'm sure, in addition to the hundreds of hours she spent learning about it. So um, we are just super excited to have Kat with us. And I also want to tell you that Cat has started a business just that's so great, um, that is so close to my heart, C-Spot Eat Doggy Bakery here in Nashville. And um, gosh, I love to go get pastries. So do my dogs, Angus and Jake. If only our waistlines could afford it, we would go every day. (laughs) But anyway, we'll be right back to talk dogs with Cat after this quick break. Hey, don't you go anywhere, we'll be right back to win with dogs right after this quick water break.
0: Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life?
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. We are back on track, and what a fun topic today, the body language of our pups. You know, it's said that humans communicate mostly with nonverbal body language as well, and our dogs most certainly do. I'm sure... When it comes to picking up on these body cues from our dogs, our dogs are less than pleased with our performance. So we're here to try to learn a thing or two and please our patient pups. I'm delighted to be joined by a close friend of the hounds and I'm happy to see a friend of mine, Cat Martin. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. So how's your day gone at Sea spot Eat the Doggy Bakery?
2: It's been good today. We just sold some birthday items for somebody who's having a first birthday, a little doggy.
1: They will be thoroughly hooked, I'm sure, and no time flat, as we are. <laughs> so, Kat, I want to talk today about body language and kind of how to decipher what our dogs are trying to tell us. You know, this is helpful not only when we're massaging, stretching, exercising, and watching our dogs interact with others and ourselves, but it's also really helpful, I think, in our relationship with our dogs? I know that the nonverbal world of the pups is quite detailed and complex, Kat, but are there basic signals that we can look for that will let us know, you know, that our dogs are at ease when they are in new situations? Let's start there. Let's say our dogs are going to meet some new people or some other animals. What are some basic things that we need to look at in our dogs?
2: What you want to look for with a dog um who if you if you're looking for a dog who is relaxed or feeling friendly what you'll generally see is what we call a relaxed mouth almost looks like they're smiling and their tongue may be kind of hanging out a little bit they're just really relaxed their eyes are what we say it call soft they they aren't you know sort of have hard ridges around them. Their eyes are very soft. Their ears are relaxed. Their ears may be up if they, they are a, a pointy-eared dog, but as long as they're just, you know, the rest of their face is relaxed, you don't need to be concerned about that. And their body language is relaxed. Their tail is maybe wagging a little. Their tail may be low. Their tail may be up if they're feeling excited um, but generally, the whole body posture is very soft and relaxed, and the open mouth is what you want to look for as well.
1: So when you were just describing the calm dog, I noticed you were talking about all parts of the dog, the tail, the ears, the eyes. You know, you kept saying the dog, his whole complete body language. And I know for me, I always talk about incorporating a holistic view of your dog's body when you're looking at his health. So I guess the same is true for his body, his, you know, demeanor, too. You need to look at the whole
2: dog, right? Definitely, yeah. Because the ears may be saying something different than the tail, but if you look, you have to take the whole the whole dog and look at the whole picture to be able to determine exactly what they're trying to tell you.
1: So, okay, I want to just go, just to make this easy for the listeners, I want to talk about, maybe let's break the body down a little bit. I know we're we're, we're needing a holistic approach, but let's just break it down like, First of all, ears, ears. How much do a, do dogs communicate with their ears? A lot. I mean, is this something we need to really pay attention to what their ears are doing?
2: Yeah, definitely. You need to pay attention to their ears. Um, and just because, like I said earlier, if they're you know if they're up, it doesn't mean one thing or the other. If you have a, a floppier dog and their ears go up, it could just be that they're interested. Um, but yeah. if they're up, if they're up and forward, it may mean that they're behaving in a little bit of a threatening way. But again, you have to look at the face, the tail, what the legs are doing. Um, So it's really hard to say if the ears are back, they're feeling submissive, or if the ears are forward, they're feeling aggressive. You can't really uh, have a black and white sort of definition just dependent on one part of the body.
1: Yeah, that makes total sense to me. One thing that I see a lot when I have clients, and I'm really paying attention to because I oftentimes do massage and stretching, and I'm working with dogs in pain, and so they're always a little bit apprehensive anyway, Um, but I'm always watching for, like, how they're looking at me, how they're reacting to me. It seems to me that when a dog is calm and relaxed, they're not really paying attention to me, but when it's anxious and alert, you know, they're very looking at me, um, glancing quick glances, et cetera. So if someone's, let's say, walking their dog or stretching their dog, and their dog is not really paying attention to them, could you say that that's pretty much a universal good sign that the dog's calm and hanging out and just enjoying life? And when the dog is really, like, eyeing you, that there's something that there's that's when the communication is trying to take place? Or are dogs expecting us to kind of watch them? They're not really watching us.
2: Well, it's hard to say again, black and white with dogs. It's Doggy body language is very subtle. Um, mm-hmm. Most dogs, if they're not queuing in with you a lot, generally they may be feeling relaxed or, or you know not worried. If they're looking at you, they may be feeling a little anxious. However, mm-hmm. dogs who don't have a strong bond with people never really connect with them with eye contact anyway so it just sort of is dependent on each individual dog.
1: I sometimes hear trainers say oh you should never look at your dog in the eye.
2: I mean is that true? Well direct eye contact with an unknown dog will be perceived as the unknown dog as a direct threat. If it is a dog that you know and a dog Mm -hmm. with whom you are comfortable Or if the dog is comfortable with you, perhaps if you were massaging a dog and he's realized that he can trust you and there's nothing scary going on, he may feel absolutely comfortable making eye contact with you. But if you meet a dog on a walk whom you've never met before, you don't want to make direct eye contact with that dog because that is absolutely, in the dog world, considered a threat. Okay, so Um, no. It's as though you're saying, I'm challenging you. You don't want to do that with an unknown dog. You don't want to do that with a dog that you don't know exactly. Well, in fact, just... when I go on behavioral consults for dogs who are reactive around people, unknown people, I never walk head on. I always come in sideways. I never look at the dog. It's very threatening to even face a dog sometimes who's nervous about people. So it's a good, and if, if two dogs meet for the very first time who have never met before, and if they are both well-versed in body language, which some dogs are rude. Some dogs don't know the the body language. They will arc in toward one another. They will never approach head on. They arc in and then they sort of sniff each other. And then if things go well, they'll, you know, continue on with their their meeting.
1: So we can, as humans, come on way too strong by just walking like open-bodied up to a dog and making Uh that eye contact. That will turn that dog off. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Unless it's a very relaxed, confident, friendly dog, and then usually they're fine with it. But most dogs have some degree of caution about them, you know, if they don't know someone. And we're primates, so we behave in a very different fashion than canines. Yeah,
1: and it's, you know... And like you're saying, some dogs can handle it, but hey, I think it's up to us to learn what they want too. <laughs> we it can is, have some absolutely. modicum of proper behavior when dealing with them, you
2: know. <laughs> what I say to my clients all the time is, we expect them to learn our language, so it's not fair for us to not learn theirs as well. Totally. I totally agree with that. So,
1: okay, no direct eye contact with unknown dogs, but just taking this a little bit further because I do think the eyes are great indicators of... um, If your own dogs, you can tell if they're calm, sick, not feeling good, happy, upbeat. You know, eyes are windows to the soul with the dogs, too, I think. So let's say you have your dog, and, you know, even if you've rescued one or whatever, a nervous dog or just a hyper dog, do you think that it's good to start trying to, once that dog is comfortable, establishing eye contact? For me, I'm asking this because... My Bijan, when I when we rescued Jake, he wouldn't look at us in the eye. He was real hyper and scattered and, blah, blah, blah. and now he's completely a different dog a few years later and he will just stare at us lovingly and really I notice a difference in the eye contact he's making with us. So do you think that a dog learning to make eye contact, you, your own dog we're talking about, is a good thing, it's like a good step to try to do
2: to create this bond with Definitely. the eyes. I, I encourage that with shy dogs. I encourage the guardians to really work with them and, and try to work on establishing more and more eye contact and make it rewarding, make it pay off. Whether mm-hmm. it's through soothing words or giving them little pieces of treats whenever they make eye contact with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, in my training classes, we really we work on, on getting the dogs to give eye contact voluntarily without cueing it, and then we mm-hmm. re- we mark and reward that eye contact because it's very important to get the eye contact because if if you can get the eye contact in a training situation, if you can get them to focus on you, you can then ask for other behaviors very easily. So absolutely, eye contact is a fantastic thing to get them to learn to do and to offer voluntarily, Um, and and it's very good also at building confidence in shy or fearful dogs. But again, you have to start slowly and go in small steps and make it rewarding and pay off it's what we call desensitize and counter condition you
1: mm-hmm. want to
2: desensitize them to making the eye contact have mm-hmm. it be and then have it pay off by having good things happen when they make the eye contact
1: Yeah, that's great. And that's what I call in the exercise physiology world, cellular retraining. (laughs) You're reprogramming. So it's the same exact thing. So, okay, we're on the eyes. Let me ask you this. If you're working with eye contact with your dog, is it important for the the guardian, the Pup parent to watch what his eyes are communicating to the dog? In other words, would I want to make sure my eyes are soft or do I want them wide open and alert? Does that matter what our eyes are doing when looking at our dogs?
2: Well, I have a class that I, I teach called Relaxed Rovers and it's for dogs who get um, overexcited or anxious or will be reactive with other dogs or people. And in that class, one of the things that we work on the very first class is actually marking and rewarding the blinking because you can then sort of mark and reward the soft eye that we're working toward because the soft eye, and you can even do this yourself, you can sit and blink. And the more you blink, the more relaxed your body gets. And the right. same is true for dogs. So you really want to encourage soft eyes and you can um, you can even, when I say mark, I'm talking usually of using a clicker um, mm-hmm. and the clicker is great because it's a very exact science and it can happen in a split second and say that blink was what I wanted. The dog doesn't initially know the blink is what you're asking for, but they'll figure it out. Mm-hmm. But using that to mark and reward will actually help them to start being calm. A big round eye, a big open round eye is actually a stress sign in a dog. So I mm-hmm. don't really recommend having a big, round, open eye. Just a soft eye is a great way to, yeah. to sort of help your dog feel confident and trusting and assured when he's with you.
1: Yeah, and I love that. It's like you're, like you're saying, to blink at your dog, and you yourself have soft eyes. And you are in this way, you're communicating in his language. So it's great. You're exactly. going, look. I can talk to you. <laughs> I know what this means. Look at me. I can, tr- I can guide you. We can have a wonderful relationship together. So I love that idea of that. We need to take a quick break. And when we get back, I want to talk a little bit more about the mouth because that's really fascinating what dogs do with their mouth. And even I want to talk a little bit about panting because I have some questions and some opinions about panting. And I'd like to know what you think, Kat. So we're going to take a quick break and when we get right back, we will be speaking more with Cat Martin about doggy demeanor and body language. Hang tight. We'll be right back. Hey, don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back to Win with Dogs right after this quick water break.
0: That's it. You're madder than a junkyard dog, and you're not going to take it anymore. Your feathers are ruffled, your dander is up, and you've got a definite bone to pick. Join us each week on Pet Peeves, the show that lets you dig through the dirt and unleash your passion for pets. Your host, pet expert, and award-winning author, Amy Shojai, will talk about what makes you howl and what hisses you off. Pet Peeves, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com.
1: Thanks for hanging around. We're back to Win With Dogs with me, Raquel Wynn, on Pet Life Radio. Thanks for sticking around. It's Win With Dogs. I'm Raquel, and we are talking doggy demeanor, body language, with Cat Martin, my favorite, and Nashville Paw Magazine's favorite dog trainer here in Nashville. You guys need to move to Nashville. We're a great pup-friendly city. (laughs) Anyway, Kat, thanks for being with us. We've been talking about the eyes and how we can communicate with our dogs with our own eyes and what they're trying to tell us. Let's add the mouth, okay, the mouth to the face. And you were saying that a relaxed dog has a smiling, open mouth. Let's talk a little bit about communicating with our dog. Can we approach our dogs with an open mouth and a smile do they notice these same mouth kind of positions in our body do they take cues from us in that way yes
2: absolutely they do they obviously dogs realize that we're not dogs but they yeah. do notice that we have, you know, the same No, they
1: don't. That... <laughs> I want to be one of them. <laughs> no,
2: they but don't. But they do know that we have the same features that they have, and they will take their cues from us. One of the things, you know, a sign of stress can be panting, excessive panting, or um, just because their mouth is open doesn't mean they necessarily are comfortable. It depends on, you know, what their mouth is doing when it is open. If there's a lot of panting, that's a different story. But big yawns can also be a sign of either stress or anxiety, or it can also be something that they do to calm themselves down. It's what we call calming signals, which was a term that was coined by a woman named Turid Rugas. But calming signals, yes. And so they will do that to one another when they're trying to calm one another down. I've noticed with my own dogs, if one of them gets a little bit overexcited, the others will begin to yawn to try to calm the one who's overexcited down. Or when I have a guest dog come into the home that my dogs aren't certain about, they'll start yawning, you know, to try to calm them down.
1: Yeah, and actually in body work, yawns are what we call unwinding, energetic unwinding, and it's like the body shake. They're shaking it off, and they're just like releasing that pent-up energy. So not only is it a communication thing but physiologically and on the nerve path it really does affect a calming response physiologically so that's that's great and you panting is interesting to me because i know panting is a sign like a lot of vets consider panting a sign of pain and it is a sign of pain when your dogs pant a lot but when I work with dogs, they often pant, and my, really my gut feeling is that they're doing a sort of breathing exercise. I don't know if you've heard of what's called the breath of fire, but it's, it's similar to a pant where you're <laughs> doing this fast breathing, and it's really massaging the diaphragm, which calms the parasympathetic nervous system. So sometimes I consider panting, you know, if, if you're stretching and massaging your dog, and it's panting heavily, but not moving away from you, and it's calm otherwise. To me, that's almost like him doing breath work and releasing energy. So would you think, Kat, that as long as your puppy is, you know, going along with what you're doing, these body cues, you know, they're not necessarily like, oh, darn, my dog's panting. That means, you know, I'm hurting him. No, your dog will get up and leave, walk away if he's uncomfortable in a situation. The
2: dog will let you know if they're feeling uncomfortable, whether they change positions or they get up and walk away or they may give a little squeak, Mm -hmm. uh, anything like that, you know, and some, every dog has a different tolerance level, as you know, for, Mm -hmm. you know, accepting a certain amount of pain, but most dogs will let you know if you've hurt them. So I don't, I, I don't think that, I mean, I think panting, like you said, is definitely a sign of pain, but it's always contextual. So, in yeah. that situation, it may not be. And, yes, I would definitely agree with you that it's an energy release in that situation, yeah. in that context. Uh, yeah, I think so, for for sure.
1: But, wow, the panting, that's an interesting topic because different people have different views. I even have had trainers say to me, oh, gosh, you should never touch a dog's back feet or you should never. I don't like, like you're saying, the black and white with the body language and even working with your dog is Is not really the best approach because every creature is different, you know. You were talking earlier something I really have never really honestly thought about is that primate versus canine behavior. And you know, if you look at primates and how they act, it is completely different. Do you know any of the differences between like, you know, how we approach that versus canine? Is there are there studies you can read about what the primate behavior looks like versus the canine behavior?
2: Well, there is, um, there. I mean, primates, part of the difference, one of the main differences is that we have hands, and they yeah. don't, and we tend and to reach, and, <laughs> we have opposable and, and, digits. and opposable thumbs, right, hands with opposable <laughs> thumbs, but we tend to reach for and toward things, and dogs are actually much more um, uh, funny about their personal space than we are. They have mm-hmm. a little bit bigger bubble generally than even we do. So um, people tend to walk up and want to either either reach their hand out so the dog can smell their dog, which is what many of us were taught as children to do, or want to reach over and pet the dog's head. And there are a lot of dogs that consider that an affront.
1: So you walk up, you're taught to walk up with your, you know, give the back of your hand to a dog. That's like right. completely breaking in their space. This person has no boundaries, right?
2: Right. In the dog world, generally... Uh, You know, again, a friendly, confident dog who's been around lots of people will be fine with that. Most dogs will be fine with that. But a dog who is concerned and maybe a little bit hand-shy would not be okay with that. And that's how sometimes people get nipped or bitten. So what I usually try to do is let the dog approach me. Maybe get within a certain distance, but then let the dog come to me and smell me. And that's also a great time to, to start looking at the body language. What is the body language telling you? What is this dog saying? Are they looking away from you? If so, they may be Concerned about interacting with you, and they may be saying by looking away, I really would rather not interact with you right now because that's a classic signal that the dog is asking you to maybe not come any closer. That's another version of a calming signal. They're turning away to calm you down and to keep you from approaching them.
1: And when they Um, turn away, we should take heed and not keep approaching them like I'm sure most of us do. (laughs)
2: Yes, we should stop and respect their space, and then they might turn back toward you. And they might approach you and they might smell you a little. And if they're fine, then you can absolutely come down and pet them. But I always recommend if you are going to pet, go to the chest or underneath the head rather than over the head. Because over the head is very threatening for a dog. And wow, it's that's a good,
1: cool to know.
2: Yeah, and it can, it can be a really good way to get nipped if it's a, a shy or a nervous or a fearful dog.
1: So you're going to go to the chest, like the front of the chest down in there is the best place yeah. to
2: approach a new dog? And even from the side, like, no, you know, as we talked about before, don't face them. Maybe turn sideways and come down into a squat and then reach down and, and touch them. I, I just had a dog that was loose in front of my shop a few weeks ago and had gotten loose. And we went and I helped the people get her back. And we just sat down in the middle of the parking lot and called her rather than chasing her. And she came back and she got a little bit close to me, but she was very timid. And I just reached very slowly from the side, under, and took her collar, and that was fine. But had I reached over her head, she would have darted, you know, and yeah, run she would off have again.
1: and ran, you know. Yeah so, yeah,
2: so it's always better to, you know, especially a shy dog, it's always better to come underneath. Flank the pups. Yeah. <laughs> Do not
1: approach head on.
2: Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, cool. Gosh, well, that's really helpful to know. Is there anything else you should know about approaching a new dog besides that? I mean, I learned something. Don't pit the top of their head what else? What about tones of voice? Is voice anything we as a human should watch? Or
2: do you well, know? yeah. I mean, obviously, the calmer your voice is, the more relaxed they will be. And dogs tend to, most dogs tend to like high, happy voices. But if it's a dog I don't know, I'm usually going to talk to them just in a really calm tone of voice rather than anything harsh or or loud. So, you may just want to just, you know, say, hey, how are you? Really calm tone of voice. Yeah.
1: That's hard for me when I, because I – I want to do the baby talk thing with dogs. And it's so unprofessional. And, I mean, I really don't do it when I'm working with dogs. But I have to really curtail myself from when I'm giving a massage. And I go, oh, what a cute little puppy. Look at your little head, Yeah, you know?
2: The high, happy voice will get a dog excited where they shouldn't. You know, maybe right. they don't need to be
1: excited. So that's something for me. I have to work on the voice
2: big time, big time, big time. <laughs> um, now, as a trainer, I love the high, happy voice. In certain situations when the dog has done something we like, you know, but okay. you don't want to get them riled up, so, so to speak, Gosh, uh, in the contact, you know, if you're, if you're just meeting them for the first time. Because then you also might get a dog jumping on you, which you may not want.
1: Yeah. Okay. One last little thing. We, we don't have that much time. Let me ask you one more thing. You're, let's say we want to have a pup party and people are getting their dogs together. And I know I've seen a lot of mishaps with just how the humans let their dogs enter a yard, it's like if the humans are freaking out about it, the dogs are freaking out about it. So let's say we want to get some dogs together and, you know, they're all socialized dogs. They've been around other dogs. The best thing, how how do you do that? Just let them go in and, you know, kind of watch them, but let them sniff everything out and will the doggy world take care of it or do we need to step in? If it's a Um, fight, obviously step in, but...
2: Right. If if there's an altercation, you want to step in. I have in my classes what I call the three-second rule where we let the dogs meet for three seconds on leash. You know, If they want to smell each other, if they want to meet face-to-face, however they want to meet, which uh, we let them do it for three seconds and then we pull them apart and then we might let them try again for a few seconds and then pull them apart. And if they do okay, we'll let them meet for a little bit longer because if an altercation is going to occur between two dogs, it's usually after those first few seconds, one dog will put his head on top of the other one's back or jump Mm -hmm. on the other one or do something that makes the other one uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other may try to defend himself for whatever reason. So um, if it's a if it's a neutral territory, that's how I would suggest just let them, you know, be on leash at first and see how they get along, and then they probably will be fine. If it's not yeah. a neutral territory, if it's the territory of one of the other dogs, you may want to try taking them on a walk together first to get mm-hmm. them accustomed to being together um, before you actually introduce them on the territory of the one dog. Wow, that's cool.
1: Yeah, that's great info. You know... I think that's pretty much all we have time for today, and thank you so much for working with us. And I also want to say thanks, Kat, for the work you do with the greyhound dogs. Just say a little bit about that, if you would, before we go for everyone. You know, you're working with the greyhound, rehabilitated greyhounds, I'm assuming, right? Yeah, they're, they're all like-
2: retired racers. Uh, the, the ones that we work with have come from Florida, And um, the greyhounds come directly off the track, generally, into the men's correctional facility here in Nashville, and they have a cell dog program, as they're called. Um, They stay there about three months at a time, and we do, during the course of their stay, a six-week training class where the inmates train the dogs, and I come out basically and teach the inmates how to train the dogs. And it's an incredibly rewarding program. It's an incredibly successful program, and it's sort of win-win. The dogs win because they are more adoptable. The guys win because they get the opportunity to be involved in the program and nurture the people who adopt the dogs win because they get a dog who's already trained it's just a really great program and, and I really I really love being able to do it
1: yeah me too and i think i think it is great and we'll hopefully have some links up on the pet life radio website where if you are list interested listeners you can learn more about that also you can check out some of cat stuff at www.dogsandcat and that's cat with a k dot com or her bakery www.cspoteat.com and gosh doggy cookies and I'm sure you sample them don't you
2: <laughs> yeah, from time to time we do
1: <laughs> and they're great they're great yeah the
2: but- cat Peanut butter and carob.
1: Yeah, totally. That's when I used to make dog treats. I had to stop making those because I would just like eat them. (laughs) It's like, okay, I can't do that anymore. But thank you so much for being on Win With Dogs and talking a little bit about body language. It's so helpful. I'd love to even have you back in the future because I think we just kind of scratched the surface. I would love
2: to do it again. I thank you so much for having me. It's been a blast.
1: Well, great. Well, thank you. That was Kat Martin of Nashville, Tennessee. Dogs and Cat dog training, and behavior counseling. If you have any questions for her or me, please email me at Raquel at PetLifeRadio.com. And I want to thank you listeners for joining us today when we talked about a subject I find totally fascinating doggy body language and why the heck we don't pay attention to it that's a whole nother subject and thank you to the producers of Pet Life Radio and my show Win With Dogs for making me sound so intelligent and flowing I love you love you love you and we will be back next week but right now I say go win with dogs exercise nutrition interaction and love make for one healthy happy hound give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week Right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Wynn with Dogs.